Down to the Wire with your host, Parker Shoemaker. And good afternoon, everyone. Thank you for joining me on this week's edition of the of Down to the Wire. And we're going to start off with our starting five, like we usually do here on the show. First up on the starting five is the Redskins are looking to tag Kirk Cousins for trade purposes. I think this is absolutely crazy. I mean, I, I get it on a business aspect of why they would want to do it, but I I think it's kind of it it, lo- it looks bad on bad on the organization. You already trade to go get a quarterback to replace him, and now you're looking to keep him just so you can trade to get compensation back for the trade you just made for a quarterback to replace him. I, I get it. I get it as a business aspect of it. As a GM, I totally understand it. But as an organization, you I mean, you're going to be looked at like, yeah, we're the team who got Kirk's replacement because we never really believed in him, but we're going to franchise tag him one more year just to send him somewhere else to get compensation back for what we already lost. I I I think it's just a messed up situation. I feel sorry for Kirk for it because he would get a better deal if he was just able to go out to the the free agency pool and see where he could go, whether it be New York for the Jets, New York for maybe the Giants, Denver, Cleveland, somewhere else. He would get more money for a long-term deal, but instead the Redskins, being a little greedy, they're sitting there and going to tag him. My next big story is the Super Bowl recap, and man, could I have been any more wrong. <laughs> I I hate to admit it, but oh man, I was wrong, wrong, wrong. One, I predicted the Patriots to win it. Did not see the Eagles winning. And it's not because I didn't believe that they could win it. It's just because I believe that Tom Brady and the Patriots were built for more built more for moments like that. I also didn't see Malcolm Butler not playing a single snap in that game. Maybe a change maybe a game changer, maybe not. We we'll never know. But I never, I never thought the Eagles were going to win it. Honestly, I just didn't, didn't see that Nick Foles was going to get it done. But 373 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and other than yardage, he went in that one interception, which was a bobbled play by Alshon Jeffrey. He went step for step with step, with uh, excuse me, he went step for step with Tom Brady. So that was pretty impressive. I also didn't predict that it was going to be a shootout. I believe. Last week's show, I predicted it was going to be 20-24. to 24. Patriots going to win on a last-minute drive. They had the ball last minute, but it was not 20-2017 for them to take the lead. It was 41-33, to 33 and strip fumble right there towards the end changed the game. But we're going to talk a little bit, a little bit more about that when we get into it down in the huddle. Next up for the starting five is the Hall of Fame class for the NFL. Last week we talked about the Baseball Hall of Fame class. Again, congrats to those guys. This class that went in for the NFL, absolutely amazing class. Brian Dawkins, Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Ray Lewis, Brian Erlacher. Those five guys wearing the golden jackets now. I mean, unbelievable class. Erlacher and Lewis, two of the best, two of the best linebackers to ever play the game. Randy Moss, 
We, I mean, we don't even, we don't even need to talk about what he did. He was just a, an amazing wide receiver, easily top three, in my opinion. I think it's Rice, Moss, Owens. Statistics-wise, Owens is a little bit ahead, but I think it's Rice, Moss, Owens. Three great guys. And, I mean, Terrell Owens, he's second behind Jerry Rice in receiving yards, and he definitely deserves it too. Took a year, but he's in there now. And, I mean, congratulations to them all. And then Brian Dawkins, one of the best safeties to ever play the game. And he gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, and then his team, his former team, wins their first Super Bowl, first ever. I, I mean, as a Cowboys fan, it hate I hate to say it, but congratulations to Philly for that. My next topic is what happens for LeBron. Like, what's going on in Cleveland? I I just think that Cleveland has pretty much sealed the deal for him to leave. They are not going to get anything if unless they go get something tonight or tomorrow. He's leaving at the end of the season because Cleveland's run as top in the East is already over, but it's going to continue to be over because the front office doesn't believe that he needs any help for some reason. And my final topic is, is it going to be another strike year for the MLB? And I'm going to get more into detail about this when we get to mound visit, but in 95, it, it seemed like there was no agreements between players and front offices. And this year it just seems like front offices are just not reaching out and not trying to push for any deals to be done with those players. I mean, there's still a bunch of big names out. Hugh Darvish, uh, Arietta, J.D. Martinez. There's players out there that should be on rosters that were all-stars, playing in the playoffs, getting it done. And they're not on a MLB roster. And pitchers and catchers report tomorrow. So... We're going to get more into that in a in a couple of in a couple of minutes later on in the show. But that's going to end it for our starting five. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to get back here and we're going to talk some more about the NBA and what's going on in the league. But we'll be back on Down to the Wire right after this. break and welcome back to down to the wire as you heard it's fast break so let's get into some basketball news a quick recap of the Blake era or the Blake effect in Detroit they look amazing they're playing so well right now and as I predicted Blake is complimenting Andre Drummond so well. Drummond's play has increased even more than it already was. He was already playing playing at an all-star level. And now you see a dual threat down, down low for the Pistons. It is a better version of Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, because Andre Drummond is a better basketball player. A lot of upside, a lot of upside for them going forward. They are the eighth seed right now. They pushed Philly out with a with the four straight wins that they've had. So it's going to be fun to see what happens there. I still predict them to be a top four seed in the East. And I think that Cleveland's going to make a run here. I don't think that it's completely over. I, I see them making moves here in the, in the next couple of hours. 
and I expect them to do big things for LeBron and get him a team that can run. I expect IT to leave Cleveland before this season is over with. That's my prediction. Uh, Greg Monroe to the Celtics. Big pickup. If you guys don't follow me already, follow the show on Twitter, down to the wire, DTTW underscore WVCW. Follow us on Twitter. I tweeted out Greg Monroe had just got a got a contract buyout from the Suns. I tweeted, I was like, would this be a good move for the Celtics? I think it would be, and obviously the Celtics did too. Me and Danny Ainge were on the same uh, brainwave. The Celtics need a true five. They say he's going to be coming off the bench. He's an 11-8 and eight type of guy, 11 points, 8 rebounds. I think he starts coming off the bench for a while. With Marcus Morris dealing with some hip issues, I see him coming into the starting lineup. Horford back at the four where he belongs. Monroe at the five. I think that's a tough Celtics lineup to deal with. I still think that the Celtics go out and trade for Tyreek Evans. Lou Williams is off the market. He's not coming anywhere as he signed an extension with the Clippers. But I I see Tyreek Evans still coming to Boston for Marcus Smart. A couple other draft picks. I know that the Celtics are looking for a first-rounder, but I don't see it happening. I do see them sending him to Memphis before it's over with. I think the, that's the trade talk that hasn't made, hasn't leaked its way out yet. It's in talks, but it hasn't leaked its way out yet. And I, I think that's I think that's what's going to happen. Which is moving on to our next topic, which is the big, I guess you could say, trade deadline moves I see happening. I think that the Hornets and Cavs are in talks, and Kimball Walker is going to be in a Cleveland uniform by the end of by the end of tomorrow. Yeah, I think him and Nicholas Batum go to Cleveland. It Tristan Thompson. And J.R. Smith make their way to Charlotte, and the Kardashian curse moves its way on to North Carolina. And that's when I think after the deadline, Cleveland makes their run, and they finish in the, as the third seed. I think it's going to be Boston, Toronto, Cleveland, and Detroit are going to be my top four in the East. It's going to be a tough matchup throughout the playoffs for any team, but I think it's going to be fun to watch. I also uh, I believe that the um, I believe that the move that the Hornets just made for Willie Hernandez is a big uh, is a big speech to their future. I believe that it's coming to a close of the Dwight How- Dwight Howard era in Charlotte. What he's done is amazing. He's posting close to old Dwight Howard numbers. I mean, he's averaging seventeen a game and I think twelve rebounds and two or three blocks. It, it's it's impressive. But he's getting up there in age, and Willie Hernandez is coming off a great rookie year, averaging almost 10 points, almost a double-double, to be honest. And he's only in his second year. He has a lot of upside. I think that what they're going to do is they're going to let him grow under Dwight Howard next season, and then Dwight Howard leaves by either retirement or going to another team, and Hernandez becomes the guy in Charlotte. And I think IT becomes the man in Charlotte, too, and... Charlotte still makes the playoffs this year because IT returns to form because he becomes the man again. I think that's his problem in in Cleveland right now is he is not the guy LeBron is, and he just can't handle it. That's why he succeeded so well in Boston. And 
I think Tristan Thompson goes to the four where he should be. He's not a stretch four. He cannot shoot that well. But him and Dwight Howard side by side, it would be it'd be a good matchup to see. Uh, when we get back after the break, we're going to talk some more about football. We're going to get into the huddle. I've got some exciting things coming up. Uh, one of them is Malcolm Butler to Dallas. That's what, I, that's what I'm thinking right now. It, it looks possible. And we're going to talk about it more when we get back after this on Down to the Wire. The Huddle. And welcome back to Down to the Wire. And y'all heard it. It's the huddle time. And a lot of interesting stuff. Of course, the Super Bowl. What a game. What a game. What a game. Like I said earlier, I did not predict it to be such a high-scoring shootout of a game. It was, it was really fun to watch. I honestly going in thought I was just going to kind of flip back and forth because I thought it was going to be one of those games where a couple of big plays and then I'd watch the last five minutes to watch Tom Brady win it, and that was it. But I started watching the game early, and I couldn't really turn it off because it was so entertaining. No defense whatsoever, except for the last two drives for Philly. For Philly defensively, New England offensively. But, yeah, uh, my first topic is why I think Malcolm Butler goes to Dallas. And hear me out here. I just think that Malcolm Butler likes to play for big franchises. Obviously, he's having a hard falling out with uh, New England. Dallas likes guys that like to get in trouble. I'm a Dallas fan. I say it. They like guys that like to get in trouble. And the reason he sat out is because he got in trouble. So, I mean, that fits in right there. But also, I think Dallas needs a good corner like that. With the way that Marinelli runs his system... They have two solid young cornerbacks right now. They need a third mature veteran guy who knows how to make big plays. Go back to the Super Bowl against Seattle. He knows how to make big plays. Butler goes to Dallas just because either when they're running dime and they have that extra DB out there or when they're in a regular uh, 3-4 setup and there's two safeties, two corners, Dallas substitutes so much. And those young guys, they get breathers. They get to be fresh the whole game, switching out. Jordan Lewis, Awuzie, Anthony Brown at times, and then Malcolm Butler into the mix. I, I just think I think that's the best way to go. Plus, they have Jones still playing safety, freak of an athlete, loves to cover tight ends, does a great job at it. I, I think that's the way that Dallas solidifies their secondary, and then they don't have to draft – so high. I know they're looking at Derwin James from Florida State. I don't think they're going to get him at 19. I think Dallas needs to go with an offensive guard. I know their offensive line is already great, but if you take a guard in the first round, it'll make it even better. Then you can find some defensive line talent and a couple of extra linebackers. I still think Dallas, That I think that's the way they go. I think Dallas should go with a linebacker first round. 
I'd like for them to go get uh, Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. He's a freak of an athlete, too, and with so many injuries happening to Sean Lee and Anthony Hitchens, if Sean Lee goes down, Hitchens steps in, and vice versa, but Tremaine stays healthy. Jalen Smith looks great right now, and those two, all three of those guys are sideline to sideline. Plus, I mean, Tremaine's not going to get a ton of minutes if everybody's healthy either way. They're going to try to work him in, but he is somebody that you would love to have as a as depth where he could just come in and come off the bench when they need a rotation and come out and make six or seven tackles. It would be great pickup for Dallas. Uh, the next topic is the catch rule and does it need to change? Yes. It's as simple as that. They changed it a couple years ago. I'm going to be the the Dallas fan that I am, and I'm going to bring up that catch against Green Bay. It was the same situation that Zach Ertz had. It was the same situation that Jesse James had. He caught it, took two steps, dove for the end zone. Lost it when he hit the ground. Same situation. Two of those was... Two of those catches were not a catch. One was, and we can't say, oh, it was because it was against the Patriots because Jesse James, his catch was against the Patriots as well. That has nothing to do with it. The rule is undefined, and the refs honestly don't know how to make a call that seems to be right or consistent. So, yes, it needs to change. They need to figure out what's going to happen. I think they're going to kind of go back towards the old rules just to get scoring up a little bit and bring in more viewers since numbers are down. Uh, next topic is, is this the end of the Patriots' dominant era? And when I picked this topic, McDaniels was gone. He's coming back. So sad for the Colts. Yada, yada. I, I, think, I think that it's still the end. Gronk is going to consider retirement. Even if he doesn't, I don't think Bill Belichick has the same, I guess you could say, juju that he used to have. He's still the greatest coach of all time. Brady is still... In my opinion, he's still number one. I mean, I, I get Montana never lost, never threw an interception, all that. But Tom Brady, he's, even though he lost, he lost by a touchdown, and he threw for over 500 yards. It was an unreal game. His defense just wasn't there to back him up this time, which is a lot of part to Bill Belichick, as he is known for his defense. But... I still think it's the end because there's so many surging teams right now, so many young, better teams. I mean, Tom Brady's still Tom Brady, but I don't think he keeps it up as long as he can. Plus, they don't ever seem to go get an offensive line to protect him. And he really didn't get hit a lot in the Super Bowl, but he got hit a lot this season. And I, I, think, that, I think that it's the end. I think the reason they brought McDaniels back is because after next season, Bill Belichick leaves and... You may see one more 10-win, 12-win season by the Patriots, and they go to the playoffs, maybe the Super Bowl again. But after 2018, 2019, Belichick's gone. Brady will probably leave as well. And they have no backup quarterback anymore because they traded all their talent. I see it as the end of the dominant era of the Patriots, and I'm sure me and a lot of other football fans are saying, bring it on. We're tired of it. It's great. Also, uh... Recap of the Super Bowl real quick. Great game, like I said, very high scoring. And I'm just going to repeat what I said. It just wasn't what I seemed like it was going to be, but it was a, it was a great game. And I, I, I'm excited. Again, congratulations, Philly. That hurts to say. 
but it is what it is. Uh, my playoff prediction for next year, I think that Philly goes in as number one seed still. Green Bay makes it back. Dallas is in as a wild card. I think Washington makes it as a wild card, and instead of the NFC South, the NFC East sends three teams. Saints make it in again, and the Vikings, well, no, I don't know. Green Bay is going to be in it. Vikings are going to be close. I think they're going to battle that one out. It's going to be fun to watch. The NFC East is still up for grabs. I think Steelers are regular. Uh, I think the Broncos make it back if they can pick up Kirk, Kirk Cousins. That's my prediction. They get Kirk Cousins, they make it back. Patriots are still there. Jaguars are there. And those are the top four teams in the AFC. I think it's going to be fun to watch. Um, Super Bowl prediction next year, I'm going to say that the Saints are going to play the Steelers and the Saints are going to get another Super Bowl. It's going to be fun. Uh, But that's going to end this section of the show. When we get back, we're going to hit the middle of the show like we always do with one-on-one and did a little something different this week. Went out and talked to you guys on VCU's campus to get your reaction to the Super Bowl. So stay tuned and we'll get to it right after this. Welcome back to Down to the Wire. It's the middle of the show, so you guys know what that means. It's time for one-on-one. And for this week's edition of one-on-one, I was able to go out and talk to you guys on VCU's campus to get your reaction on the outcome of the Super Bowl. How do I feel about the outcome of the Super Bowl? Uh, Well, I'm a 49ers fan, so uh, my team didn't win, and neither did we go. But uh, it was good to see someone else other than Tom Brady win the championship. And I actually have a couple friends on the Eagles, so it was good to see them get their first ring. I'm glad the Patriots lost. I was rooting for the Eagles just because I didn't want to see the Patriots win again. But I did think the Patriots were going to end up winning. But I think the Eagles did pretty good, surprisingly. Uh, I was so hyped. I was just, I'm, I'm a Jags fan, so I was just so hyped to see the Patriots go down. So just, I don't know, I was just thrilled. And I didn't like either team, but I, I hate the Patriots so much more. I was a little bit disappointed because I wanted the Patriots to win. And... The outcome of that could have been Tom Brady retiring and the Eagles remaining with zero Super Bowls, but it just didn't happen. Can have another year of Tom Brady. I also asked, how did you guys think Nick Foles did during the Super Bowl? You know, I was surprised that he threw an interception. Outside of that, he was, you know, he was spot on. I knew he would be able to get some points up on the board and then turn it over to the defense to make sure that the other side didn't score. I thought he stepped up and uh, really did his job. Uh, played like a veteran quarterback, which we have not seen from him. But um, I also think it's going to be sad that he's probably going to be in the second string role again. I think he did really good. Pretty impressive. I don't think anyone thought he would, like, be Tom Brady, but he did. I think he played pretty good. He matched Tom Brady every time they scored. It was basically all offense until fourth quarter, that last stop. I thought it was impressive, and I don't know. If it, 
I, I, I'm assuming he'll be back next year, but I thought it was really like didn't do anything that cost him the game, but he won the game for him. <laughs> you better get paid. <laughs> My next question for you guys was, did y'all expect it to be such a shootout? I figured it was going to be a shootout, but I mean, I also figured the Patriots are going to come back. They're a second half team, so it makes sense that I'm saying after last year they went what was it like twenty three and three or something like that. They were down by a lot essentially. And they came back in the second half. I thought they were just going to come back and win, but Tom Brady couldn't deliver. That's what surprised me the most. Uh, originally, I did not, but then I realized that it's the Eagles and the Patriots, and it's like the least anticipated Super Bowl of all time, so really anything could have happened. Yeah, I did, in all honesty, because uh, you have both Nick Foles showing up in the postseason putting up good numbers and Tom Brady's always going to do what Tom Brady does. No, I didn't think that it would be that high score. I thought maybe it'd be like in the teens, maybe low 20s. I didn't expect I didn't expect Brady to lose but with 500 yards and no interceptions where it was. Yeah, I was surprised though. And Nick Foles, the Patriots didn't punt one, so I was just really kind of shocked how the outcome went with that. Not at all. Not even close. Not even close. Very shocking when I saw it. No, I did not. I honestly thought the Patriots was going to win. The last question I asked you guys was, was the controversial catch by Zach Ertz actually a touchdown? It was a catch, and it should have been a catch when Jesse James made the catch earlier in the Steelers-Patriots game. I thought it was a touchdown, and obviously a lot of people disputed it. They're like, no, but a lot of people that disputed it were biased fans who were for the Patriots. So for me, I'm not a Patriots or Eagles fan. I am just a fan watching it. So in my opinion, I thought it was a touchdown. Others thought it weren't, but still the outcome is the outcome, so. Yeah, he caught the ball before he, you know, went to the goal line. All it did was pop out, and then he rolled over and caught it. I thought it was. I mean, I thought he had possession before he went into the end zone, so that was crazy, though. I thought it was a catch. I mean, the rules change every few years, and so two, three years ago, no one would have questioned that uh, if there was a touchdown or not. Yeah, it was a catch. It was a catch. Same with the Jesse James one. And that is the end of my Man on the Street segment. But first, before we go to break, I just want to talk about it. It seemed like I really talked to a lot of Patriot haters. Even the one guy who said that he wanted the Patriots to win, it wasn't because he wanted the Patriots to win. It, it The reason he said that was because he's tired of seeing Tom Brady <laughs> be Tom Brady, I guess. He's he's just he's ready for a league without Tom Brady in it because we want to see who is I mean there's still great quarterbacks out there Aaron Rodgers Ben Roethlisberger Cam Newton uh, Matt Ryan there's still great guy Drew Brees I don't even know how I left him out there's still great guys out there but it's just it's everybody's ready for the the post Tom Brady league and to see what happens and. Going off with Nick Foles' performance, I'm going to have to agree with every single one of them. It was just an amazing, an amazing performance by Nick Foles. He's a backup. He came out. He put on his big boy pants. He said, it might be the Super Bowl, but it's still football. It's still the game I played since I was little, the game I love, and the game that I'm getting paid to play. And he went out and shined. And I don't know what's next, next for Nick Foles. I mean, they said... <laughs> that one guy said he's going to get paid. I don't know. I think the I think that Philly becomes comfortable with him knowing that he's their backup and he's going to win them a few games early next season 
when Carson Wentz is still rehabbing and getting to the final part of it, he he's going to win them a few games, maybe lose one or two, depending on how long he really stays in the league. But I, I think that he is the guy in Philly until Wentz gets back and then they t- return to form unless they lose a lot of players this offseason, which sometimes happens to Super Bowl champs. But I, I agree with him. And the catch, like I said earlier, the catch, the whole catch rule is up in up in controversy. I think that the Clement catch was more controversial than the Ertz catch, but a lot of people seem to disagree. I mean, they all agree that it was a catch, but a lot of people thought that that one was more controversial just because that type of catch has happened so many times and it has been overruled as not a catch. So it's going to be fun to see what happens with that rule. But that's going to take us to our next break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about baseball. It is mound visit. We're going to get into baseball news, some fun stuff to talk about. We'll be back right after this on Down to the Wire. And welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm Parker Shoemaker, your host tonight. And let's get into some baseball news. Todd Frazier to the Mets. I think this is a big pickup for them. They're going to have a pretty good lineup. I think Adrian Gonzalez, somebody that they picked up, the Braves got him in the Matt Kemp trade to the Dodgers. They released him because they don't really, I mean, they have Matt Adams and Freddie Freeman. They don't need first basemen. And so they released him, and the Mets picked him up. He's going to not return to the regular Agon that we all know, but he's going to be pretty good. He's still going to get it done in New York. And Todd Frazier is a steal. He's still a really good player, and they didn't get him for much. And so it's it's a big pickup. The Mets, they're still the Mets. If they can be healthy, if their pitching staff can be healthy, then, yeah, they're a team to, to reckon with, but it all depends on that. I mean, Harvey isn't the Dark Knight anymore. DeGrom, he just can't stay healthy. And, I mean, Thor, he he's the same way. And it's just it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But let's go to the other New York team, the Bronx, the Bombers. We'll see what happens with the Yankees this year as they did pick up Giancarlo Stanton from the Marlins. I mean, Aaron Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, man, oh man, Bird. I, I mean, they 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 are gonna be, they're gonna be a tough team. Now, do they challenge the team record this season? Two sixty seven, I believe. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say yes, they do because I think that, in all honesty, in New York, Stanton and Judge both put up fifty home runs this year. They get them almost halfway there by themselves. And then you have Gary Sanchez. I think he's going to hit 30. Bird's going to hit like 28 to 30. I think they're going to be a slugging team. They're going to strike out a lot. But they're going to be a slugging team, and they're going to be a team to mess with. And it's going to be fun to see what happens there. As long as they can get that pitching staff back to quota, 
it'll be all right. Severino, he's still doing good. Sabathia giving good good late inning games. I mean, he's getting out there six, seven innings every time, even though he's up in there in age. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see the old Yankees back since I mean they haven't really been the same for a while, but now that everybody's really gone, all the big names, Tashira, A Rod, Jeter, Rivera, they're all gone now. It's time for the new age, the new baby bombers that they call them. And they just added a big stud to that lineup. So it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be a lot of home runs this season. But speaking of the former team that had Giancarlo Stanton, the Marlins, Jeter buys them, part of them at least, gets in their front office and then just clean sweeps the place out. D. Gordon, gone. Ozuna, gone. Stanton, gone. They are Christian Yelich, gone. I mean, it's just, it's <laughs> their four best players are all gone. And it's crazy to see because we're gonna we're gonna look at that team and just be like, they almost made the playoffs last year and now they're not even gonna be in it anymore. They're not even gonna they're not even gonna be close to winning the division. I still think the Nationals win the uh NL East. And I think that the Braves, with the young players that they have coming up, I think they don't. I don't know if they challenge them for first place, but they they win a cut. They win about seventy five games this year. The Mets are going to be right there at the same place. The Phillies are the Phillies. Other than the Eagles, let's not talk about Philadelphia. But I mean, the Marlins might be just as bad as the Phillies this year. So it's going to be fun to see what happens there in the NL East. And. Again, like I said earlier, there's so many free agents left. It's crazy to think pitchers and catchers report tomorrow and two of the best pitchers in the league aren't even on a team. So I, I, I don't know what's happening. I think the Braves, that they're my favorite team. I'm, t- I'm telling you now, go out there and get them. Go get Arietta and J.D. Martinez. Get you a big hitter to protect uh, Freddie Freeman and get you a pitcher, get you a stud to go right beside Julio Tehran. That's my advice, but... <laughs> I mean, what do I know? So that's going to take us to our last our last break of the show. When we get back, we're going to get into some college sports, my three teams that are on the bubble, and we're going to end the show with predictions like we always do. We'll be back right after this on Down to the Wire. Do you want to hear the latest happenings around VCU athletics and club sports? Whether it's the fast-paced tempo of VCU basketball or the guys and girls running with brooms between their legs, otherwise known as Quidditch, make sure you tune into the Aftermath on Thursdays from 7 to 8 p.m. on WVCW.org. Student Section. And this is our last segment of the show. We kind of put a couple together here, but we're going to start with Student Section. Like last week, covering sports, college sports news. Uh, first topic is Trey Young is the man, but OU is a bust, and here's why: they just do not. 
have what it takes. I, I They can't beat big teams. They lost to West Virginia again the other night. They'll still be in the top 25, but come late March, they'll be out in the second or third round. I, I don't see them getting that far in the tournament. Trey Young will go early in the draft, and OU will disappear again like they usually do. Uh, next up is Texas. It's going to cause some trouble in March. They know how to beat big teams, and they can straight up get it done, and they have a lot of talent there. I mean, I, I watched him play in person. Shaka is a great coach. Followed him here at uh, VCU. He went to Texas. First couple years he was okay. They had a couple of okay years. Made the tournament one year, lost in the first round, didn't make it last year. They beat some big teams, and they're going to cause some trouble and break some. they're going to bust some brackets in late March. I'm still on the UVA train. I still think they're going to win it all. They won the other night and only scored 59 points. That defense is suffocating and is unreal. They've beaten Duke. They, they're going to play a tough Virginia Tech team. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Uh, I still think they got it. Kyle Guy is the man down there in Charlottesville. I still think they win it all this year. And I'm going to talk a little bit about local considering that VCU is in the A-10, a, a conference that usually sends three teams, two or three. They've sent Dayton. Two years ago, they sent Dayton, Bonaventure, VCU. Last year, they sent Dayton, VCU, Rhode Island. This year, only Rhode Island goes. The only way that a team would make it other than Rhode Island is to win the A-10 tournament, and no other team's going to do it other than other than the Rams up, in, up north. So... A-10 only sends one team to the tournament this year. Next up, we have... On the bubble. Three teams on the bubble for me right now. Talked about them earlier, the Marlins. I don't... I don't I, they have to get something done. Derek Jeter, great, one of the greatest players ever. One of the greatest shortstops ever, if not the best. He has to do something. He knows how the game works. Unless he's got something sneaky up his sleeve... He's, he's got to get it done to get these guys some help here and try not to get this team to fall off the map like they did before they moved to Miami. Uh, my next team on the bubble is the Cavs. Still, they're still playing terrible. They had a 21-point lead the other night against the Magic, and they got outscored 24-9 in the last quarter and lost. But to the Magic, yeah, to the Magic. It's, it's, it's a terrible sight to see, but... Yeah, the Cavs are still on my on my bubble list, and they got to get it done. And the last one is the Colts. Andrew Luck, Jacoby Brissett, whoever you have at quarterback, they still need help. T.Y. Hilton is getting older, and it's not the player that, I mean, if he stays healthy, he is still a great guy. He needs help. Frank Gore is old as dirt when it comes to NFL running backs. He still produces, but not as much as they need to. they got to go find some defensive help just so – that offense can stay off the field for a little while. I mean, it's sad to say, but your offense needs to be off the field right now because they're not producing either. So find some defensive guys, find some offensive guys, find a completely new team pretty much for the Colts. And our last se- segment of the show Rapid is... Rapid Fire. And it is where I like to end the show with my predictions coming up. And it is Timberwolves-Cavs. That's going to be a tough game for the Cavs. I don't have them winning it. It's on the last day of the 
trade deadline, so going to be fun to see where, what roster each team has. But Timberwolves come out victorious there. Celtics-Wizards, always a fun matchup to watch. The Morris brother rivalry, the Celtics-Wizards rivalry, it's always fun to watch. C's come out on top there. Clippers versus Detroit. It is in Detroit, so it's not Blake Griffin's return, but it is his first game against his former team. Detroit keeps rolling. Clippers fall down. Lou Will has a big game, but Blake Griffin has the last laugh. Duke-UNC, going to be fun to watch. Duke is up there. UNC's had a couple of tough, tough losses. UNC comes out victorious and wins this game, beats Duke. So that's a big win right there for UNC. Tech versus UVA. Tech gives UVA a run for their money but does not get it. Purdue versus Michigan State. Purdue wins that one. I, I Sorry, scratch that. I meant to say Michigan State. Michigan State wins that one. Purdue does fall. And Nova versus Butler. Number one versus Butler. It's going to be fun to see what happens there. But Butler had a tough game the other night and lost in overtime. And I think I think that they win this one. Nova falls. Butler wins it. And that's how I see it going. Right there, those are my picks. Timberwolves over Cavs. Celtics over Wizards. Pistons over Clippers, Tar Heels over Blue Devils, Cavs over Hokies, Spartans over Purdue, and Bulldogs over the Wildcats. And that's it for this week's edition of Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Parker Shoemaker. Thank you for joining me this week on the show, listening in from wherever you are. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at Down to the Wire, WVCW. Also, follow us on Twitter at DTTW underscore WVCW. Also, like the WVCW page and download the WVCW radio app. Thank you and good night.